Welcome to the Caleb and Phil Football Podcast, where two buddies from college review and preview Penn State football and the big college games. Okay, it's time for kickoff. Hello and welcome to the Caleb and Phil Football Podcast. My name is Caleb. I'll be one of your co-hosts today. Phil, how we doing? Doing great, Caleb. You know, we're a few technical difficulties to get things started. Uh, how's your family doing? We are good. It is good to have some college football back. But most importantly, it is good that Taylor Swift has announced she's releasing another album in October. Yes. Yep, just a, a couple months away. So I'm pumped for that. What type of, like, did, did she give a hint as to what style she's going to go with for the album? Yeah, I don't know what genre it's called. I guess the, the um, uh, title is going to be called Midnight. So I guess okay. things you're thinking about as you're trying to sleep or something like that. Okay, interesting, interesting. Well, uh, you know, that should be pretty good. You guys got a really nice deck I saw this weekend. Pictures were awesome from it. Yeah, my uh, parents' friend Dave came and helped us out, so huge shout-out to him. My dad also helped uh, with that these last couple of days, so good to have. Still got to get a new railing on there, but mm. it, uh, the deck board's down, so no more holes in our deck, which is good. There you go, and uh, big cost save with you guys doing it, so... Mm-hmm. Good on you. I know that's a lot of work. One of my buddies down here in Virginia was redoing it, and I helped him out. And who boy, was it a was it a doozy? <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, you know, Caleb, we got a lot of stuff to talk about with college football starting. The biggest thing, though, has to be like without a question, it has to be the Big Ten's TV deal. Yep. If you look at this TV deal, you're thinking, wow, this is colossal whenever you consider how many or how much it's going to change. This is a seven-year deal starting in 2023, first of all. Yep. It is worth over $8 billion, so at least $1.2 a year. Yep, and that can go even higher if teams like Notre Dame join the conference within that time frame. So, Yeah, and at this up. point, I'll say when other teams join because yep. of how massive the conference is looking to go, 20 teams. That's mm-hmm. what we heard Commissioner Warren say. Fox FS1 gets up to 27 games in 2023, 32 in 2024 and beyond. NBC gets 16 games in 2023, 15 in 2024, and Peacock is going to get eight games per year. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I get Peacock free with Comcast, so I'll deal with it. Yep. CBS gets seven games in 2023, uh, the final year with the SEC, and then they'll get 15 after that. Big Ten Network gets up to 41 games and then 50 beyond that. Fox gets national championship games in 23, 25, 27, and 29. CBS gets it in 2024 and 2028. NBC in 2026. So, like, holy cow, this is a big changeup in the landscape of, like, we already saw Big Ten is geared for some changeups. Uh, it's looking like a pretty big changeup in terms of their broadcasting as well. Yeah, they're going with the, the idea that you're going to have, a, uh, in their minds, a marquee game at noon. 3.30 and 7 o'clock in prime time. Three different channels. Uh, channels everyone should get. You know, you get Fox, you get CBS, you get NBC. So mm-hmm. you don't have to subscribe to ESPN Plus and Big Ten Network. You don't have to get this extra sports package if you want to watch just the big games each week on 
for the Big Ten. And I think the other big thing that the Big Ten was proud of here, it's only seven years. So the Big Ten is going to be able to negotiate their next contract again before the SEC negotiates their next contract because theirs is, a, I believe, a 10-year deal that goes a year or two beyond the Big Ten. So the Big Ten will be in the driver's seat again in seven years, I guess maybe only six years because you negotiate these things a little early. But again, in six to seven years when they're looking for their next contract, which who knows what the numbers will look like then. Yeah, not mad about that. Uh, I personally am excited that there will be no ESPN in this contract. Um, I, you know, ever since I've become an adult, my appreciation for that network just continues to go down. And so uh, the fact that I won't have to deal with their overly biased commentators, um, I mean, I'm sure I'll be upset with somebody else, but right mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm just thankful that we don't have to deal with ESPN in the, uh, in the soon-to-be future, I guess. Yeah, it should be interesting because I'm assuming it's going to be the same top broadcast team for CBS there. So they've done SEC games for so long, not as long. Uh, Brad Nestler, because Vern Lundquist just retired a few years ago, but right. how they'll be able to change if they'll be able to change their tune and prop up the Big Ten as much as they prop up the SEC every year. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, next, and speaking of the SEC, Cal, we saw this huge contract get. Uh, get moved through. Nick Saban signs the, a brand new contract through the 2029 season. 93.6 million total. So that's 11.7 million dollars average. That's that's some good chunks of change that uh, Coach Saban is continuing to make as he continues to be, in my mind, unquestionably one of, if not the greatest college football coach of all time. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last episode. Uh, if uh, James Franklin and Mel Tucker get in big contracts, then obviously Kirby Smart's going to get a raise just coming off a national championship. And if Kirby Smart's going to get a raise, then Nick Saban, greatest college coach of all time, is obviously going to get a raise. So, right. Uh, I don't know. You never doubt when Nick Saban is – you're never going to predict when he's going to end, when he's going to be done coaching, kind of like Bill Belichick with the Patriots. But yeah. I don't know if he's going to make it to 2029, a whole – basically another decade of doing this. He's, I think he's already 70 years old or close to it. So we'll see. Like I said, he never doubted and Maybe he will make it through. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires by before the end of his new contract. Yeah, I could totally see that happening uh, as well, for sure. Uh, and, you know, like whenever, whenever you think about the greatness that Saban brings, like I could see another couple seasons of success and then he walks away from it. So, like, by like 2025 he's done mm-hmm. um that's just that's just me speculating like i i don't i don't think that's as likely but like i'm not going to rule that out either nope uh, a little bit of sad news fiu linebacker luke knox uh the last name should sound familiar it's the brother of bill's tight end dawson knox uh anyway he was luke knox was uh or passed away wednesday um found dead and uh cause of death has not yet been announced but certainly our our condolences go out to the knox family as they mourn a a truly tragic loss for the family yeah very very sad news it's got to be just tough for dawson just dealing with that your younger brother passing away at such a young age yeah i cannot imagine caleb my my favorite bowl game outside of whatever bowl game penn state is in Got a new name, and it's a pretty crappy name, if I may say so myself. <laughs> new Era Pinstripe Bowl. Like, that just flows so nicely. Yep. New sponsor, Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Yeah. 
Does Bad Boy, they have the, Bad Boy Mo's has the Gasparilla Bowl. So uh, did they lose sponsorship or did they go two? Because didn't we learn last year that there were like two cheese at bowls or something like that? So maybe they're just doubling up on names now just to confuse everyone. Maybe, but I hate it. Give me back the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. You know, yep. New Era has lots of good merchandise you can buy and had a cool name. It worked yep. so well, especially whenever the bowl game first started out because it was one of the new bowl games. It's in Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium. Bad Boy Mowers just doesn't sit well with me. Yep. Um, some new news on the quarterback market. Quinn Ewers is named the Texas starting quarterback because, Caleb, say it. Texas is back, baby. Texas is back. Again? Uh, okay. <laughs> former Baylor Utah quarterback Charlie Brewer. You've probably heard us talk about him quite a bit on the podcast over the last couple of years. Uh, he is going to be starting in Lynchburg, Virginia for Liberty. Indiana transfer Michael Penix Jr. is going to start for Washington. Saw that news this past week. I'm, I'm really excited for Michael Penix. Um, you know, he injuries kind of derailed a very promising uh, college career, so hopefully he can pick things back up again. Yep, and I think I saw that Indiana's old quarterback coach or offensive coordinator is now in Washington, so he gets to hook up with should, should be the same offense. So no surprise that he won the starting job there as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. Uh, and then Quinn, or sorry, not Quinn. I just read the line again. Uh, we have some upcoming news for Michigan. Coach Harbaugh, and it has been a well-documented battle between Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. Uh, lots of analysts are saying, man, Harbaugh's in a great position. He has two really good quarterbacks to choose between. I don't know if I agree with him on that, but... Yeah, I mean, the saying is, if you have two quarterbacks, you got none. Yeah, so Harbaugh is going to basically use the first two out-of-conference games as preseason. McNamara starts week one. McCarthy starts week two. Caleb, what do you think about this? You like this? You hate it? Yeah, like I said, I, I'm not a huge fan because if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. But if you're going to – Michigan's first two games are pretty easy, so they should win them. And getting real game reps instead of practice reps, I guess, should give you the final decision. I'm guessing McCarthy is going to win this. He's getting the second start here, so if, if he wins it the second week, then he you know he can kind of keep going with it. So maybe they're just giving Cade McNamara a farewell here, week one, go throw like five touchdowns in week one, and then bef- and maybe we won't need you again for the rest of the season. But <laughs> you know we'll see. Um, um, yeah, I don't. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I I don't like this move at all. Uh, I think this is just breeds chaos, as we saw whenever. We had the Sean Clifford, Will Levis, topsy-turvy yep. quarterback spiral at uh, Penn State. Yeah, so I was not a fan not a fan of it now, but maybe that will bode well for us whenever we play it at Michigan. Um, probably not, but maybe. Yeah, good. Yeah. So, Kelby, you know, we had a lot of football this past week, or at least you know we had a lot more football than we did the past few weeks, months. Uh, you want to go ahead and take us through it? Yeah, week zero review, starting off in Dublin, Ireland, where Northwestern comes back to beat Nebraska 31-28. Awesome. And, yep, great game, but as is accustomed for Nebraska, they cannot win these close ones. They are 5-21 and in one-score games under Scott Frost. Casey Thompson looked great in the first half. The Texas transfer, two touchdowns in the first half, rushing one and a passing one. Two interceptions in the second half. He looked more like his predecessor, Adrian Martinez, there in the second half. Uh, Helinski for Northwestern had a good game, threw in 14 yards, two touchdowns. Northwestern had like 500, over 500 yards of total offense, so Nebraska's defense was not really having a great day for them because 
Northwestern probably averaged like 200 yards of offense last year. They were abysmal on offense the past couple seasons. So, yeah, again, a tough, tough start here for Scott Frost and was supposed to be like a rebound last chance year for him. Yeah, I mean, at first I thought his seat was going to be uh, nice and cool on the way back with how well Casey Thompson was playing. Like the the one crazy play where he was spinning out and threw a pass downfield, completed it. It was like <laughs> it was the kind of stuff that the Twitter highlights are all are made out of, but uh, not in this case. So you know, he really struggled. Halinski, really great growth. You know, last season Northwestern was definitely on a more, I guess, downward trend is is probably the best word for it. Uh, and Halinski was kind of manning the ship at that. Use this offseason grew, and now it looks like if he keeps this stuff up, I mean, those numbers were fantastic, and uh, the defense played really well in that game too. So, like, if I'm if I'm Northwestern, like, I'm I'm thinking if history repeats itself, this is supposed to be our up year. They could be in contention for uh, a berth in the Big Ten title. Yep. One more note here about Scott Frost. His buyout cuts in half on October 1st. So the next couple of weeks, they got their, their easier out-of-conference games, North Dakota, someone else. So they should win the next two weeks, but then they have Oklahoma uh, the last week of September. And then on October 1st, they play Indiana. If, if Nebraska is 2-2, two and two, assuming they lose to Oklahoma, and they lose to Indiana on that game, I'm guessing he's not making it to October 2nd with that point, if, if Nebraska is 2-3 and three at that point, especially with the lower buyout creeping up on that date. Yeah, I personally do not think he's going to make it through the season, and it's not because like they hate him. It's just like, dude, you're not producing. Yep. You had you had like all of these opportunities to go out there and – succeed and turn around a program that really didn't need too much turning around. Bo Pelini was averaging nine wins a season. And now like this team is a laughing stock in the big 10. Yep. So uh, a lot of struggles there. Yep. You know, one of my buddies, uh, Scott that I work with, he wasn't sure who to go with in the game. If I'm remembering our conversation. Well, I, I also, I just love Northwestern. I love Pat Fitzgerald. He might be, I think I say this every season. He might be my favorite coach in, in college football. Just a good guy strong leader of men and always brings a team that is usually like undermanned just as the reality of Northwestern and makes them competitive. So um, mm-hmm. good on them. Yeah. We have a couple teams in the big 10 that still feel like, you know, classic growing up college football, Northwestern, right. uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, to a degree that they, they, they know their identity and they, that's what they do every year. Exactly. Uh, next game we had, Illinois, you know, this this game, I wasn't surprised by the result. I don't know if too many people were. Uh, we had Illinois cr- crushing Wyoming 38-6. to six. Did you see that post from uh, Wyoming's head coach, Caleb? No, about, like, tell me about it. It was something where I think if I, if I was following the news correctly, he put something out on social media basically trying to attract transfers, almost as if it's like, I mean, basically, since the transfer market and NIL ha- is ruining college football, he's taking advantage of that and using it as like a free agency grab. So I think he's trying to get some more people there. But uh, he didn't have them this day as Illinois running back Chase Brown ran all over them. 19 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns. And like I said, they cru- Illinois cruised to an easy victory under Coach Brett Billema, 38-6. Yep. Another team that 
cruised uh, relatively at least. North Carolina, they beat Florida A&M 56-24. And if you thought they were going to have a big drop-off at quarterback this year with Sam Howell leaving, Drake May comes in, throws for 294 yards and five touchdowns in his first start. So seems like North Carolina's offense should still be pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens whenever he plays some of the stronger opponents. But yeah, this is yep. a great coming out party for Drake May. And, you know, uh, Sam Howell not doing too sh- shabby to start off in the pros. I mean, again, it's preseason football, so it's worth about as much as a penny in 2022. But, you know, it's there. Yep. Our team, a second team here, Western Kentucky, they hold off Austin P 38-27. They were 30-point favorites, not a great showing for Western Kentucky. Austin Reed in his first start, 279 for four touchdowns and one interception. Uh, Daywood Davis had one of those touchdowns, 124 yards. Malachi Corley, three touchdown receptions. So the offense still seems to be doing its thing here for Western Kentucky, but as, yeah, again, as, as they start to see those tougher opponents in conference play and whatnot, they're going to need to step it up a little bit if they want to compete in the Conference USA this year. Yeah, I felt like the defense was a lot more competitive at the start of the game and kind of tapered off as, as time went on. Uh, really enjoyed watching Austin Reed throw the football. Looks good. I mean, like, do I think he's Bailey Zappi? No. Do I think anybody's going to be Bailey Zappi right now? Also, probably no. So, uh, liked what I saw out of Reed and... Uh, yeah, like in general, what I'm seeing out of Western Kentucky to start, like you said, concerns on defense, but that's that's not anything they can't coach up and and make some corrections on in the second half. Yep. Uh, final game we'll talk about here: old friend Taquan Roberson first starting UConn, and he gets hurt. He did score a rushing touchdown as UConn took a 14 nothing lead. It looks like Jim Moore is going to turn around UConn in year one, but then Utah State comes back and beats them 31 to 20. Hopefully, Roberson's okay there. Yeah, I hope he's all right, too. This is an exciting opportunity for him. Um, you know, I, I texted you whenever I, had, whenever I had seen that, and this could have been a, a really cool uh, sort of thing, cool moment for him to start a full game and see how he does in a new system. Obviously not, and so I um, hope he feels well soon. And can't say I'm super shocked that Jim Mora loses in a debut. I'm just not a big yep. fan. Mm-hmm. And... uh Yep. Like, he is trying. I think they have 40 new players on their team this year yeah. between transfers and obviously uh, freshmen incoming. So he's got a chance to turn it around there. But uh, obviously UConn's pretty pretty low on the talent level in FBS. Yeah, and I, I'm just I'm just low on Jim Mora coaching in general. Like I think he's part of the like mid early aughts where yep. there were these like middle of the road coaches that just kept seeing to finding head coach who continued to find head coaching gigs despite not being that successful. And I think Jim Moore Jr. falls into that category. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Again, UConn yep. is not a school that you think of as a perennial powerhouse whenever it comes to football, but, you know, maybe uh, maybe he'll be able to turn that around. We'll see. I'm not optimistic about it, but we'll see. Yep. All right, let's get into some Penn State news. Yeah, let's talk about it, Caleb. And, uh, you know, as we're talking, real quick pause here. Does this sound like my voice is going out? Um, maybe a little bit. Okay. I don't know. We're back to school, so I'm doing a lot of talking during the day now, and so <laughs> trying to trying to gauge myself yeah, here. You got to save it for these podcasts, Philly. What's more important in your life? Uh, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, we have some we have some really cool news. Team captains have been announced: Sean Clifford, Jair Brown, PJ Mustafer, Jonathan Sutherland. Uh, Crystal, that's the long snapper for those of you that aren't familiar with him, and Juice Scruggs. 
No shockers on that list? Any for you, Caleb? No, the first four were basically uh, shoe-ins. Chris Stoll, if you're going to have a, a special teams captain, it makes sense for him. Although Sutherland obviously plays some special teams as well. And Scruggs, even though our offensive line has struggled, you know, for decades now, it seems. Uh, Scrug- I do like Juice Scruggs. I think he's he's a good uh, leader on this team. Forever. Yeah, I like Juice too. Um, like you said, strong leader. If As we look through our roster and we look at like who's going to be playing in what positions, we have a quarterback, no shocker to anybody. Uh, we have Sean Clifford as the starter. I, like, I understand why. But I really wish that he would have just gone pro. Uh, Aller is the week one backup with Veyu and Pribula behind him. Kill, have you been hearing anything out of camp about Aller making all of this progress? Like, no, everything I had heard up until today's announcement that Aller would be the backup is Christian Veyu was taking all the backup reps. He, you know, the very limited practice portions that were open to the media it was all Veyu as the backup. So yeah, either Aller made a really great progress in this past week, or James Franklin's been holding the cards close to his vest, and maybe there was a little bit of an injury that Aller just didn't practice during media time. I'm not really sure, but I guess that's good news. Hopefully that Aller's playing really well and not bad news that Veyu's really taken a step back since last year or something like that. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I I think we all know how, how I feel. If you've been listening to the podcast for the past season, you know how I feel about James Franklin right now. I'm very frustrated with him about a lot of things, and I think giving it to Clifford just because he's, you know, the veteran – I don't know how I feel about it. I'd rather just see, like, you know, put Veyu, Pribula, or Aller in there and see what they can do with a full season. But for me, Clifford has to replicate the kind of success that we saw from Kenny Pickett whenever he decided to stay for his – how long was Kenny Pickett in college football? Like 15 years? Yeah, so, something about that. Yeah. So I want to see a similar result from Clifford. Otherwise, it feels like a, a waste for the program, which will mm-hmm. frustrate the daylights out of me. Yeah, I think we'll – I think we'll know right away. You know, we've got Purdue obviously right away to start the season. Auburn week three. If Penn State's one and two after those, sorry, Sean Clifford, great career at Penn State. You, you got to start the younger guys at that point. Penn State gets off to if Penn State gets off to a hot start, then and Sean Clifford's a good a, a reason behind that. Then, for all means, keep keep Sean Clifford in the starting yeah. quarterback job. Uh, running backs, we have. Kevon Lee starting Nick Singleton like it's it's a matter of time till he takes over. I've heard people referring to him as like a little as little Saquon, I believe is the nickname that one of my buddies uh, that that went to Penn State said is being thrown around the weight room. Katron Allen and Devin Ford behind them. So yeah, Caleb. I mean, like, do you remember whenever Kevon Lee, Devin Ford, Noah Kane were all coming in, and we had all this hype about how deep the Lawn Boys were going to be? Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of went like, yep. Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders really spoiled us. Yeah, for real. So, I mean, ultimately we'll see what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, as we move on from the running back, well, I or rather as we move on from the running backs of yesterday, like I'm really excited about Nick Singleton. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be phenomenal for this team. He, like, it just sounds like he's a workhorse. What I've seen on, like, some of the tapes of him, he's looked really good. I mean, there's so much to love about him. Yep. Hopefully, uh, Yersich just sticks with the running game this year. And hopefully, our offensive line can 
block for the running game this year. So we can finally get at that hundred yard rusher for the first time in years and forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would not be a bad thing. Wide receiver, a position that uh, just continues to demonstrate depth, is going to have another great year of depth. Starters, Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert, Smith, and Mitchell Tinsley. That's the transfer from Western Kentucky. We have Malik Mega and Harrison Wallace III as the main backups. Behind that, nothing really stands out too much, but like I'm expecting Parker Washington to go down the line of the next great Penn State running back. I put a tweet out about it on our uh, official uh, podcast Twitter account at CPFB Podcast, and you know we've seen the freshman sensation. We have seen Allen Robinson, Deshaun Hamilton. We've seen um, Chris Godwin. We have seen KJ Hamler. We've seen Jahan Dotson. Like this guy's next, Caleb. Yep, I love Parker Washington. We know what he, we're going to get out of him. I'm expecting Lambert Smith to take a big step up, and I think Tinsley's going to fit right in seamlessly. He's uh, isn't he buck- bunking with Clifford this year? So they should they they've been really hitting it off from what I see, from what I've heard. That's good. Yeah, get the get the old guys together on the team, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Although, like, what I can't even this is awful. I can't even remember what year Tinsley is. Yeah, he should be a senior, I think, fifth year maybe. Okay, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, we got tight end, another position that I feel really confident about. You know, I was talking to one of my buddies, and he was asking me about how I felt about this upcoming game against Purdue. And one of the things I said is, you know, the nice thing about this team is how deep it is. Tight end, Brenton Strange. We have, uh, who's that, Theo Johnson. Yep. These guys are leading a really strong group. We got Tyler Warren and Khalil Dickens behind that. Like, or Dinkins. I mean, Name a weak player in that position. Yeah, you can't. You just, I just hope that they get a little more production this year than they did last year. They're obviously very talented, both as receivers and as blockers. But um, we need them, and that's going to come from the more from the quarterback position, of course. But we just need them to produce a little bit more in the in the stats, the yards, and yeah, touchdowns. We need, right, we need them to get more targets. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see what ends up happening there. On the offensive line, this is the position that stresses me out. Alu Fashanu, Landon Tangwell, Juice Scruggs, Sal Warmly, and Caden Wallace are probably going to be your starters. Um, they all have lots of experience, but, I mean, as we've seen, that means nothing on this line. Yeah. We've had years where we've had really experienced players on the offensive line and they've just looked awful. So this is, if there's an Achilles heel to the team, it's, it's right here. I feel like many teams say that, but I feel like very few can say it the way that Penn state has had to deal with it. Yep. The talents here, Landon Tengwell was a borderline five-star recruit. Uh, most of these rest of these guys are four stars or high end three stars. I think Fashanu is the lowest one there. The rest are four stars. A lot of these guys mm-hmm. top around hundred recruits the year that they came to Penn state. So, this is this is all on Troutwine this year. If if the offensive line underperforms again, you, you know it's Myram. Yep. It's, at some point, it's got to be on the coach. I know we've been rotating offensive line coaches through the past five years or so, but still, like at some point, when the talent's there, I know the talent has to perform too at some point. But sometimes it's easier just to blame the the coach. Well, I mean, it's the job of the coach to take the talent that they have yep. and like help them perform. If they are not performing to that level, either the scouts are really terrible at their jobs and they need to be fired, or there's a huge problem with the coaching and the coach needs to go. Yep. And the the offensive line coaches, you know, he's involved in recruiting. So yeah, if he's getting players that are overranked by the, the public sites, then that's on him too. 
yeah. So, all right, let's move defense. on to defense. Yeah, I was really irritated. Uh, I was watching uh, game day. I like Des Howard is becoming unwatchable to me. Just his his overwhelming bias just dripping from his mouth. I, I can barely deal with it. He was talking about Penn State. He was saying some nice things, which really surprised me. But he was talking about how concerned he was about the defense. Hmm. Caleb, when when has the defense been our like devastating concern? I know, I know we lost Jaquan Brisker. No, we lost some linebackers, but we're linebacker you. And even though we changed defensive coordinators, Manny Diaz is a well-respected defensive coordinator, so shouldn't see any drop-off in that. Yeah, I'm expecting a phenomenal defense. Look at defensive end. We got Adisa Isaac, who he wasn't a starter per se last year, but he got a lot of meaningful snaps. Yeah, he was injured last year. It was two years ago. Oh, was it two years ago? Mm -hmm. And then who was it that played in the bowl game? Was it Tarburton that was in the bowl game? Yeah, Tarburn, uh, Smith Vilberts had the three sacks in the bowl game. He was the one that crushed yeah. in the bowl game, yep. We picked up the transfer from Maryland. This was a big one, Chop Robinson. Mm-hmm. Danny Dan- Dennis Sutton could also see a good chunk of time. Um, Zariah Fisher, sophomore, he is out for the season. Caleb, I didn't catch why. Were you able to? I don't know. Uh, James Franklin's very uh, little details on injuries. Yeah. So, I love that line. A lot of size there, a lot of speed there too. Um, Caleb, anybody in particular on that line that you are excited to see in a full season? Like for me, I'm, I am looking forward to seeing what Smith Vilbert does. I already know what uh, Nick Tarberton can do, which is great. I know what a decent Isaac can do, mm-hmm. which is great. I want to see Vilbert. Yeah, I'm excited for Robinson here. We got a transfer in last year from Temple. This year it's from Maryland. I think they're gonna. I think we're gonna see a repeat here. Even though Robinson's a little younger, he's not coming in as a senior. He's a. He, I think he's only a sophomore this year, maybe a junior. But I'm expecting big things from Chop, as they call him. Cool nickname. Chop Chop. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next one that I want us to look at is the defensive tackle, PJ Mustafer, coming back. Left last season on a kind of sour note with that injury. Uh, Hakeem Beeman is back from. Something. Yep. That, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? He was out all last year. He'll be back. Devin Ellis and Keziah uh, Izzard are coming back with experience too. Who you like there? I mean, obviously you got to go with the the heart of the defense here. PJ Mustafer. I'm glad he's coming back. He had that yeah bad was it foot injury late in the season. So good to see him come back, and he's going to be a real anchor for this line. I think. Yeah, I would. I am inclined to agree with you on that one as well. Um, moving on, we are looking in at uh, linebacker next. The talent is there. Curtis Jacobs, Tyler Elsden, and Jonathan um, Sutherland all could start. Abdul Carter and Kobe King could emerge. I like Kobe King a lot here, Caleb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am very high on him. Like his brother, like him. We've seen uh, some stuff about Kobe King here in passing and all reports are good on him. Like, I am not concerned about linebacker. Nope. Uh, I think James Franklin confirmed Elsden is going to start at one of the linebacker positions, so that's good okay. to see. Yeah, hopefully Kobe King or Abdul Carter can come in, supplant Jonathan Sutherland, who's more of just a depth piece at this point in his career. Special Jonathan teams. Sutherland, who has also been in this in this game for like 20,000 years mm-hmm. or something like that. Yep. So yeah, hopefully one of those guys can supplant Sutherland there and he can be more of that special teams ace that he's been for the last couple of years. Better position for him. 
Yeah, I think Sutherland will make an NFL roster as a phenomenal special teams player, Mm -hmm. but not as a position player. Um, Really like Curtis Jacobs. Big fan of his, and um, we will see what ends up happening with him. Yep. Quarterback, we got Joey Porter Jr. and Kalen King. They should both be starting. Daquan Hardy in at the nickel. This is one of the few seasons, or the past few seasons, I felt really good about the corner position, and it's really because of what Joey Porter does to anchor them. Yeah, for sure. A um, few too many penalties for me last year for my liking, so hopefully he gets a little more hands-off, or maybe maybe the refs just won't be looking for it as much this year as he's more of a senior player on this team now. Yeah, and you know I think Kalen King gets a bad rap because of some of his penalties, but I would say a lot of times King's getting called for just playing good defense, mm-hmm. and the refs that are calling him on it just don't understand. So, um, yeah, for me, Kalen King last year, I think it was just more like he was just a, a step behind. You know, you could tell the talent was there. He just needed a little bit more coaching, and I'm sure he's got it this offseason. And I think, yeah, we'll see a big step forward from him this year. Yeah, very talented player. He's going to – I expect big things out of him, Caleb. Big things. Um, and then at safety, we got Lackawanna County – or Lackawanna – Lackawanna Junior College transfer, Jair Brown. He's been here for a while, mm-hmm. leading at safety, and Zachy Wheatley with Keaton Ellis as the primary backup. So Ellis has been supplanted. I assumed Ellis was going to be starting all offseason. Yeah, I but... think, was it Ellis the one they tried to play at at wide receiver last year? No, that was Marquis Wilson. Marquis Wilson was the one they yeah, tried to play Wilson. at wide receiver. He's back in the secondary as well, so plenty of experience and depth here at the, in the secondary, so that's good to see. Special teams, we got Jake Penninger uh, kicking field goals and PATs. He was injured last season, but we didn't know that for like I know till like whole season. Yeah, till he came in and finally kicked one, and they're like basically because uh, like our good friend Jordan Stout was like done for the season. Like he, they used up all his energy, so he had right. Penninger like had to finally come in and kick one. Yeah, Jordan Stout on the shows having pretty good, had a pretty good preseason. Yep. I liked what I saw. Blake Gillikin obviously crushing it. Yep. Um, Kickoff specialist, mm-hmm. we have Sander Sahadik. Yeah. Let me see. I, I got the pronunciation list up here. Is he on here? Sander Sahadak. Sahadak and Gabe Nwosu, Nwosu in the uh, rotation. Silent N, Gabe Wosu, silent N there. Wosu, okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep, and one of those guys. Yep, one of those, especially Sander, could be in the range for the long field goal position because we know Pinnaker doesn't quite have that leg. We'll see if uh, with that rehab, if he got a little bit of a stronger leg though as well. Yeah, punter, we got uh, Barney Amore as the starter. I like that one. He is a product of Central Bucks East, I think, okay. of the CB school, so over Doylestown, and then Alex Pachetta, who went to the same high school as Blake Gillikin. Mm-hmm. Um, more whenever I saw him kicking or kicking punts in the uh, blue white game, looked good. Yep, and need to see. Uh, for some reason, Eli Manning came down, but he presented Armore with the scholarship. So, I, and then James Franklin confirmed him as the starter today. So, mm-hmm. congratulations, Barney and Bunch. Do you see why Eli Manning was the one giving out the scholarship? I did not. That's a. I mean, like, could they not get Saquon that day or something? Yep, got a different Giants. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, bring in tr- bring, bring back like Trace McSorley or something, you know? Yeah, seriously. Um, kick return, punt return, lots of options. My personal preference would be 
like Devin Ford for punt return and kick return, mainly because I don't want to see Parker Washington get injured. But yeah, they seem to like the, the they seem to like pick. the top receiver because remember Dotson was back there. They yep. like the receiver Hamler. back, Hamler back for punt return. I'm guessing I'm going to guess Singletary starts at kick return, and then once he supplants Devin Ford at running back, then Ford will get more of the kick return work. Yeah, so wouldn't hate uh, wouldn't hate that move for sure. Caleb, we look at the season, and I keep on looking at the schedule, and I keep on trying to figure out what is it going to look like. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going with a nine and three record. Unsurprisingly, losses to Ohio State and Michigan. I didn't really pick out another one. I you could lose to Auburn, could lose to Purdue the first week of the season. Obviously, you got Michigan State. Um, the one I might be leaning though towards is Minnesota because Minnesota squished in there between Ohio State and Michigan, and mm. for whatever reason, whenever we get that first loss, which will presumably be Ohio State in that stretch, we can't really seem to pick it back up the next week. So, wouldn't be surprised if it's Minnesota, and then it could uh, really uh, fall there until a three-game losing streak with Michigan at the end of that, at the end of October there. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it, and I'm with you. Until we can, until we can prove that we can play to the talent that we recruit, we're not going to beat Ohio State again. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan is at Michigan. If it were at home, I would pick them to win there, and, I, and we'd be talking a ten and two season in my mind. And then I was thinking for a while, like, well, we're going down to Auburn now. We'll probably lose, but like right now, they're a two and a half point favorite against Auburn. Like the early statistics, and if and that's. Like Auburn gets the advantage in those in those odds makings because it's a home game. Mm-hmm. If it was like a neutral site or at Penn State, I learned this from one of my buddies that, that does a lot more of the FanDuel stuff. Uh, we would be like a five or a six and a half or eight and a half point favorite. So yep. I like us beating Auburn now, whereas before I wasn't too sure. But I'm with you. Like, yeah, I'm I not too scared go- of Auburn right now. They're in a bit of a mess. Their athletic director is like stepping down right now. Yeah. They don't really like Brian Harson down there. So. I'm more worried about Purdue right now, not, not just because we play in week one. I'm just, I think Purdue has a better chance of beating us in, in general. Yeah, I can see us also dropping to some like really crummy bottom of the barrel type team. Yeah, hopefully there's the no Penn, Illinois so. loss this year. Ugh. Yeah, ugh, that was. <laughs> Why you bring these things up, Caleb? Yeah. I love a good two point conversion shootout. Oh, stop it. They ruined college football overtime. I hate it. Yep. All right, uh, Caleb, let's do preseason picks. Let's go conference by conference. You want to lead us off? Yeah, we'll start off with the ACC. Um, the one division is definitely better than the other division in the ACC, the division with Clemson, NC State. Those are the top two teams in the conference. They're not moving to the uh, division-free schedule until next year, so I only can pick one of them. I'm going with NC State. I'm, I think Devin Leary is the best quarterback in the conference, so I'll take them. And I'll take them to beat Virginia. I don't really like anyone in the other side of the conference. So, again, I'm going, going with the best quarterback, and I think uh, Virginia had the best quarterback last year. Brennan Armstrong, he's coming back. So I'll go with Virginia over teams like Pitt and North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Leary is probably the best quarterback in that whole conference. Um, I, I also really like Armstrong from Virginia, so I've got Virginia there too. This was painful for me to write because I really don't think they're going to be that good, but analysts are talking about this team going to the playoffs, so clearly I'm missing something. I picked Clemson over um, over Virginia. Again, I, I really don't think they're that good, but people keep talking about all the growth DJ Uyunglele went on through the offseason, so I am clearly missing something, 
and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah, well, I think Clemson's defense is going to be elite this year. They said they may only need to score like 20 points a game to win. Wouldn't hate it. Big 12, uh, Caleb, I have Oklahoma over West Virginia in this one. I see this as Venables getting his shot as head coach, doing some really good stuff with the Sooners. He's bringing in, he's got a lot of talent being brought in to the program. West Virginia, like it feels like there's always a, a surprise team. West Virginia has a ton of talent. They're starting JT Daniels um, in the backyard brawl this upcoming week. I see them eventually replacing the, him for their freshman, who by all accounts is really athletic, mobile sort of kid. Something about them screams, uh, West screams that they'll be playing there. So how about you? I'm going with a rematch of last year, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Um, I just think it's like going to be a little bit of a down year for Oklahoma as Venables gets the team kind of back around him. They lost Caleb Williams. Um, so I don't, I'm not really sure about what to make of the quarterback and offense, especially since Venables is a defensive guy. So, But I'm going to go reverse. I'm going to say Oklahoma State gets it this year, gets their revenge over Baylor. And uh, both teams had a lot of injuries, if I remember, in that title game. I think both lost their quarterbacks at some point. So maybe we'll, hopefully we'll see them at full strength this year. Yeah, it was a pretty painful game to to watch collectively, yep. if I may say so myself. All right, let's move on to the Pac-12. I got USC and Utah, same as you. Um, remember, there's no divisions this year in the Pac-12, so that's why we can get USC and Utah. They play each other in the regular season. I think Utah's going to win the regular season game, but I think Lincoln Riley's going to have it together by the, uh, by the championship game, and I'll take USC to win the championship this year. Phil, how about you? Yeah, I love your reasoning for it. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, I just don't know if he will have it all together in year one, which is the only reason mm-hmm. why I'm wrestling with that. So I am going with Utah to to seal the deal. I think they've got a strong defense. That strong defense, I expect to play well this year. So give them to me. All and right. then after that, Caleb, as we move down the list, uh, we are looking at the SEC. At the SEC, there's really only two teams. Uh, and I got Alabama over Georgia. Georgia had a phenomenal season last year. Obviously, they won the title. I think they're going to have another really great year. I just don't know if they can replicate the win. So I picked them. All right, I picked Bama over Georgia. How about you? I'm going Georgia over Bama to get, I guess, semi-revenge because Alabama won the SEC last year. So I'm excited Georgia wins the SEC this year. Um. <sighs> You never doubt Nick Saban, obviously. I said it earlier. I'll say it a million times again. But I just don't know if they've – has they finally lost enough talent at wide receiver that – I know Bryce Young is great, but is he going to have enough support? Uh, I think they had a real good running back transferred in from Georgia Tech. Their offensive line is always going to be really good, but Georgia is going to have a great defense as they always do, even though they lost basically a whole starting defense into the draft last year. So I think – when it comes down to it, I'll take uh, the Stetson Bennett magic to win the SEC this year. Yeah. And then the best conference in all of college football, no bias, the Big Ten. Uh, I have Ohio State winning the Big Ten until somebody proves me otherwise on a consistent base. I'm just going to keep taking Ohio State. Uh, I do have somebody different, though, that they're going to beat this year. I have them beating Minnesota. Minnesota's looking like they are in for a great season ahead, and so uh, I like Ohio State beating the Golden Gophers, but I expect the Golden Gophers to have a really good season. How about you? 
Yeah, I picked Ohio State as well. Obviously, I think they're clearly far and away the best team in the conference this year. Michigan, I think, is going to take a little bit of a step back. I wanted, I told you this before, the games this past week, and I wanted to put Nebraska there, but then they proved me that I shouldn't put them there. And then did you also hear the other story about the, the new their new offensive line coach, how he was getting their, the players in his unit there to vomit 15 to 20 times per practice, something like that? Oh, yeah, that's disgusting. I'm like, that's not good coaching. That's bad coaching. Did we yeah. not just have a player die a couple years ago at Maryland from like heat stroke, heat exhaustion, something like that? And now you're almost like – touting that as a good thing that you're often yeah, not almost touting it he's celebrating yep. it. it's disgusting yep so that was like the first thing that i'm like you're not even coaching the right way there anymore uh scott frost whoever you're bringing in for your positional coaches anymore so that was the first thing so i'll just go mm-hmm. with tried and true wisconsin um maybe graham mertz has a better season maybe this is finally the year for graham mertz maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe i mean who knows the college football anymore yep like just stay as long as you want <laughs> Playoffs, Caleb. Who are you thinking? Um, I think Ohio State's going to win it all this year. I think they're just too talented. They got arguably the best quarterback in C.J. Stroud. They got arguably the best wide receiver in Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I think Trayvon Henderson's going to prove to be one of the best running backs. So who even knows? And they got Jim Knowles coming in. I think their defense is going to be improved from last year. So, But that might not even matter because they might just score 60 points a game with that offense. I'll say Ohio State wins. I'll take Georgia, who I had winning the SEC, USC from the Pac-12, and Oklahoma State from the Big 12. So I guess that leaves the ACC out of the playoffs for me. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you with Ohio State. I definitely think they're going to win the whole thing. Amazing roster, no doubt about it. Like you said, the one magic name, Travion Henderson, that doesn't get talked about enough. That he gets talked about, but not enough. He is a prolific tailback. Uh, so, like Ohio State, I have them beating Bama, my SEC champion. I have Utah making it to the playoffs. And then, just because it seems like this committee really loves two SEC teams, I put Georgia in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, like, I don't love it. I think that that'll be what ends up happening. Yeah, I just I didn't put into I think I could see both Georgia and Alabama having a loss before the SEC title game. So if they both have a loss, I don't think they both can get in this time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm hopefully you're right. I am I am so fed up with two SEC teams. Whenever there doesn't need to be, that's what the SEC championship is for. Yep, we know who's. <sighs> All right, and then uh, best court or I'm sorry, Heisman <laughs> Award. Uh, yeah, Caleb. We have two different players here. Both, I think, can make an argument for one and two in the next NFL draft. What do you think? I'm going with C.J. Stroud. I just think he's got the better supporting staff around him, so I think he's just going to put up the better numbers this year. Like I said, Jackson, Smith, and Jigma. We saw Marvin Harrison Jr. come in. I think he had three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl game last year while Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were sitting out. They got other five-star, Emeka Abuga, coming in. So... The guy from Pennsylvania, he's a five-star wide receiver. So they're they're not lacking out wide receiver depth, so I think he'll just have a, have the better numbers this year. And with the Heisman, who you got, Phil? Um, I went back and forth thinking about the players, thought about Henderson, but, you know, I went with Bryce Young, and I know he just won it. I know we've only had one two-time Heisman winner. I think Bryce Young has the talent to do it again. Mm-hmm. Question is, can his team support him to do it? We will find out this season for sure. Uh, so, yeah, give me Bryce Young there. All right. Ready for who you got? Let's do it, man. 
All right, we're in the fourth season. I lead Crazy. two seasons to one, so you, you got to get me this year, Phil, to tie it on up. First game we got, we got Western Kentucky playing their second game of the season already. They are 16-point favorites traveling to Hawaii. Hawaii lost to Vanderbilt. I'll take yes, Western I mean, Kentucky it comes as well. Hawaii did Western not look Kentucky good. If you get blown up Hawaii, by Vanderbilt, I love Western I Kentucky. An SEC I just want to keep rooting for them. A weak and SEC I like what I saw from their offense. Kentucky can win their defense as well, has enough potential of being Hawaii. coached up and uh, being able to perform well. So I expect to see the Hilltoppers. How about you, Caleb? Who you got? I know. Uh, USC, right? Next game we have is the Backyard Brawl. I am USC. really excited about this game. I wish it wasn't the same time as the Penn State game. Going with the upset. We have uh, West, West Virginia, Virginia at number 17, Pitt. Um, Pitt is yeah, a 7.5-point favorite. This is the Keaton first Backyard Brawl since 2011. Pitt, Pitt leading the series 61-43. I I trust this Pitt uh, offense This is a match with the transfer quarterbacks, JT Daniels. Bill, who you got? Out of which school originally healed? Yeah. Leading West Virginia versus Keaton Slavis out of which school, Caleb? Leading Pitt. Who you got? Next game, I believe this is the Sunday night game. We got Florida State against LSU. Yeah, I like West Virginia too. I think Pitt is drastically overrated. Um, And so I think West Virginia has a lot of potential across the roster. Yeah, they're weak zero when they had three different 100 yard rushers. I guess like warm with the Chargers. But I like Mountaineers a lot more. I like Graham Harrell as the offensive coordinator and what I'm assuming will be a transfer to the air raid. So give me the Mountaineers in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah, reluctantly so going with Florida first State. One win since they have a game under their belt. For Florida it's going to help them out a little bit. I think it's, it's just going to take uh, for them. Brian Kelly a couple uh, of years. I still like LSU. the favorite kind in this one. I like there. LSU. Maybe until, even just uh, one year, but I see Florida State being able to play a little barren down better. there with talent. And yet LSU Less is unranked, LSU's but as we saw down the stretch at the end of last season, they're a hard-playing football team. They're fast. They're strong. Yeah, got to have so one difference at least. Go Tigers. Caleb, who you got? I like both these teams, actually. Houston, I, basically, it seems like the co-favorite was Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference there. UTSA, like you said, had a great year last year. I think they're expected to have another strong season this year. But I'll take Houston. Uh, right. I think they're just the uh, next one, number 24, team. Houston, four-point favorite against UTSA. Uh, you know, UTSA is coming off a 7-1 and season. Did well. They split their only two meetings back in 2013 and 14. Caleb, who you got? 
Next up, we got number seven, Utah, coming to Florida as a three-point favorite. Florida won their only meeting back in 1977. Phil, who you got? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with you on that one too, Caleb. Uh, I like Houston more. It was an amazing run for UTSA last year. They were a lot of fun to, to cheer mm-hmm. for, but I don't know if they replicate that. So I, I think the Cougars win that, one, that, win that matchup pretty handedly. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'll take Utah as well. This is not the three-point favorite. I know I think USC to win I mean, the Pac-12, but I think Utah is obviously one of the top teams in there. Now that I've talked to my buddy, I understand conference. a little bit more about the odds making. Yeah, that, that, uh, Utah, that we'll means see, this maybe probably Anthony would have been like a nine-point like favorite. Year, like a nine didn't really favorite. love him last so year. He was more up and down, so he's got to take a step up. So I don't see Florida being able to compete with Utah's defense. I see Utah's offense as being able to ground and pound through Florida, so... Give me Utah. How about you, Caleb? Who you got? Ooh, this is this is a tough one. Um, you got to trust Luke Fickle, but they lost Desmond Ritter, lost Alec Pierce, lost a lot of ta- lost Sauce Gardner, lost a lot of talent there at Cincinnati. But I'm going to take them. Arkansas is an okay team. I don't know. If, they might be a little overranked here. Yeah, I'll take Cincinnati. To, Next game uh, got to pull a first the upset there, one, down, down meaning south. it is Phil the first ever matchup. Number twenty-three Cincinnati versus number nineteen Arkansas. Arkansas is the six-point favorite. Caleb, who you got? Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Next game we got number eleven Oregon. Against number three, Georgia. Again, another neutral site game, but played in Atlanta, Georgia. So basically another home game for the SEC teams. The SEC teams. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas is a well-coached team. <laughs> Cincinnati's a great coach team. But yep. like, um, I, I can't again, overcome the only meeting was in 1977, the level Georgia. of talent that Cincinnati lost to rectify them being able to come in to Arkansas. Yeah, Georgia's just too talented. So um, Oregon obviously lost their head coach, Mario Cristobal. Um, so we'll see. It might be more of a recovery year for Oregon. I think they'll still be a good team, but uh, I think Georgia's the much better team here. Yeah, can we not call that kind of stuff home game or neutral site games? So stupid. <laughs> Georgia's going to win this one too. Caleb, who you got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm taking Ohio State, but I, I feel like you can go either way. It's like, it feels like Marcus Freeman is – everyone loves Marcus Freeman at this point um, at Notre Dame. Next one, he's, this he's game is going to be recruiting. awesome, I hope. He's, he, <laughs> number I five, Notre Dame, talented team. and number two, Ohio State. But Ohio State is a 17-and-a-half point favorite, we'll see which just feels downright disrespectful. Down just a peg. Uh, but he, I mean, they've also uh, won they the last little, four meetings. Caleb, their own who you got? Guess, from Ohio State here and get a beatdown, maybe from at the hands at the at the horseshoe, right? Home game for Ohio State, so I'll I'll take the Buckeyes. Phil, who you got?
Mm-hmm. Finally, yeah, we I, mean, got I expect Penn this to be a humbling moment Purdue, for the Fighting Irish after Thursday last season. Football, uh, Marcus Freeman has built that team around road, strong defense, uh, much different than they won the last few coaches. Straight meetings against I, Purdue. Phil, I, I still think the 17.5 point spread is disrespectful, but I think Ohio State definitely wins by, by at least two scores. And um, yeah, that's where I'm going with. And Freeman will probably have to start his head coaching career officially with Notre Dame with an L. Yeah, a lot of aggression, a lot of averages you can go with. So, yeah, uh, Penn State's won nine straight against Purdue, like you said. We've only lost three since 1951, two of them in the last 20 years. Uh, and so I guess, like, the law of what – Caleb, you're the math physics guy. Is it the law of regression? Yeah, so would say Purdue is due to win one, but I don't think it's this year. Uh, I recognize Purdue, great coached, very well coached. I just think Penn State has more talent on that roster, and I expect Clifford to not come in with any preseason hiccups. I expect the coaching staff to have this team ready to play whenever they get there. Like I am done with this whole uh, like wishy washy start. So yeah, like I said, I'm winning twenty four to thirteen. It's really a little lower Purdue scoring. One. They got mainly because even though I expect the team experts right to come out with all cylinders running, like it's not going to happen. Penn State, they haven't lost the their defense to play well, Big Ten opener since uh, 2016, I believe, when they a had a brutal and loss honestly, against Michigan when they lost two of those all their field goals are probably not even going to be like their fault. They haven't lost their season opener win, since so. the year before, that 2015 against Temple. I like Temple, Penn State, 24-13. Caleb, uh, we got? was coaching there. So, Penn State, if you this is if you exclude the, the disastrous COVID season, I'm excluding that one because obviously we started Owen whatever that year. So Penn State generally gets off to good starts, mm-hmm. so I think they'll they'll continue that trend this year. I got them winning 31-28, close one, basically right on the point spread there. Wow. But I'll say uh, Purdue scores a late touchdown, okay. so I, I don't think it's going to be like a walk-off field goal or anything like that. I think Penn State has it in hand, gives up a late touchdown, and holds on for the victory. Terrible guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am so excited for Thursday. I have to remind myself it's Thursday, not Saturday. I like it. All right. Well, uh, Caleb, we got Mm -hmm. through a lot of stuff happening in the college football landscape. Got to preview our favorite team, the (laughs) Nittany Lions, as we gear up for what should be a a really good season of college football. So, uh, you you hyped? (laughs) Yeah, me too. I I was telling my students, our principal made an announcement saying that, you know, we have a four-day weekend for Labor Day, and and I told them all, I'm like, you know, we actually have a four-day weekend so that I can celebrate the Penn State victory on, on Thursday, and my voice can recover from all the screaming. I said, I might even wake my kid up while he's sleeping. It's not going to happen. I will not wake Zeke up. I don't want that kind of torture in my life. But, uh, hey, folks, we really hope that you enjoyed tuning in and listening to what we have to say. Caleb and I were just two buddies from college, and uh, rather than having our wives be forced to listen to us talk about college football all the time, we decided we'd get together and make a podcast about it. So 
Again, we hope you like what you thought. We might not be the super professional, high-quality edit, but we are definitely two regular guys we hope you can connect with and uh, enjoy talking about college football. If you enjoy talking about college football and want to connect with us more, connect with us on Twitter at CPFB Podcast. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the show. That way you get updates anytime a new episode comes out. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind while you're doing it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to be able to share our podcast with more college football fans. So the more five-star reviews, the better. Caleb, any final words of wisdom before we sign off? Go Penn State. We are.